you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Here we go. This is a wonderful day, isn't it? You know, I can't think of anything. Thank you for joining us for this message. That's not better. I can't think of anything better uh, than to have a wonderful day like today uh, when I guess about a week or so ago, uh, about a week ago, they said it was going to rain today. And I said, oh, no, we never can't do that because the children, has, children they, they have activities, so we can't do that. Uh, so let's pray. And I know saints all over been praying Lynchburg area, so uh, that's great when you can pray. Um, and we wouldn't pray if we didn't believe that we had someone to answer our prayers, right? We got somebody to answer our prayers. And he, he has risen. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Today, I want to uh, give us about nine things that if you will believe them, it'll change your life. It'll change the life of your loved one, of your children. It'll, it'll, change, it'll just change your, your, your life if you believe it. And I know some of you already believe it, but uh, the message was given because uh, we, for two reasons. One, we're supposed to have people who are not yet saved in the congregation. We should have people who want to rededicate their lives in the congregation. I know all over America we have people that's going to get saved today. And do you know that that the enemy doesn't like it? He does not like today. Today, you know, is, is, a, is a reminder of him of where he uh, stands and where he's going, and he doesn't want uh, anybody not to be there with him so he wants to get back at, at Christ. So he doesn't want anybody saved. So he's trying to do everything he can to keep people from getting saved today. Uh, so I tell you, I'm so happy that you are here. I'm so happy that you are looking good, excited about today. Uh, we're going to jump right in with number one. We have nine points that we're going to bring that if you will believe them, it'll change your life. And those who might listen on the uh, our website, uh, they are. We have people that, that in different parts of the of the uh, state and other states who listen to the message too. Uh, so uh, it's for them also. Let's open our Bibles to John, the Gospel of John, chapter three, verse sixteen. I know that you already know it and can quote it, but again, don't think of today as today is, you know, we'll say we don't need salvation. Well, just listen to the message and just believe that God has something in it for you. Okay? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever, Believe in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is good news for anybody. 
It's good news for the world. It's good news for uh, your neighbors who might not yet be saved. It's good news for uh, your your relatives. It's good news for your loved ones. It's good news because some people don't think that they can be saved, but they can. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. Now, love is an action word. Love is a a word not that we can just say, I love you. And that's it. I love you. Love has to be acted on. But God demonstrates his love towards us. In that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How many people are going to die for us, be willing to die for us, even if they love us? And surely we know that if someone is our enemy, they're not going to die for us. But Christ demonstrated his love for us in that he died for us while we were yet sinners. That's good news. That is good news. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Now, that scripture is important because prayer is important. And I'm so happy that we have a praying congregation in that this day is a day that all over people have been praying for lost souls. They've been praying for people to rededicate their lives. They've been praying because the only way a a, a person who's been blinded, whose mind is blinded, the only way it's going to be open is God opens it. And so God wants us laboring in prayer for the people who are not yet saved. People had to labor for us in prayer for us to be saved. We just didn't say, well, you know what? I think I'll get saved today. It's a good day. 71 degrees, I think I'll get saved today. No, somebody's been praying for us. And that's what God wants us to do. And so if it is veiled, it's veiled because of the God of this world. Now, do you really believe that God loves us? Because that's the first point. Almighty God, the ruler of the universe. He loves us so much 
that he died for us. He loves us so much that while we're yet sinners, he died for us. Almighty God. He created everything. Everything. But yet, he died for us. For us to be reconciled back to him. So he sent his only begotten son. God loves you. He really does. Whether you are saved, whether you're unsaved. And see, sometimes when you are, have already been born again, sometimes you doubt or question God's love because of circumstances, situations, things that's not happening in our lives or things that's happening in our lives that we didn't want to happen in our lives. And we wonder, does he really love me? Because we have this, this little voice that tells us, you see, God doesn't love you. You see what he let happen to you? He doesn't love you. You see what he let happen to his love? When all this you've been doing to show how much you love him, this is what he let happen to you. He doesn't love you. That's, that's sometimes what you have to fight off because uh, we, we get these thoughts in our mind. God wants believers to know, I love you with an everlasting love. And so never doubt it. That voice that comes, you cast it down. Bring it into captivity. You have to do that. Because God loves you. That's the first point. The second one, if you will believe it now, would you believe that our God is a God of peace? He's a God of peace. Let's look at the Gospel of John, chapter 14. Verse 37, verse 27, let's go to 27. This is Jesus talking. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Nor let it be, a, be fearful or afraid. God is the God of peace. And we, we can have that tranquility of mind when we are assured that God loves me, which was the first point, and that God has given me his peace. I fear nothing from God, nothing, on that day, whenever I'm face to face with him, I will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, because he has saved my soul. And he wants you to have peace. He wants you to have peace in all circumstances, regardless of the outward things that you may see, the outward things you may feel. Sometimes when you uh, get a certain age, you know, you kind of wake up and you feel things. 
and you know, and they not they don't feel that good all the time, you know. You say, man, you know, and it takes you a while to to get things moving and working right, you know. But God, God wants us to be at peace with that. Sometimes uh, we uh, start, you know, trying to pick up something, and, and our our joints are not working like they should, and and we say, well, man, I. I I, I come against arthritis. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to have that, you know. Uh, and and, and our, our bodies, they get older. But God wants us to know that don't worry about all these little outward things. I'm a God of peace. I'm a God of peace. And I don't want you to have, I don't want you to have peace that the world gives because the world gives that peace that if everything's going okay, you got peace. You got peace if everything's going okay. Everything's going okay. Well, if you and yours, you got peace. But the minute something starts happening that you don't want to happen, then you get out of peace. That's not the peace that God gives. You see, God gives that peace. There's a passive understanding. How can somebody have peace when they've been pronounced that, well, you know, you're going to, you, you, you got a, a disease that, I don't know. Uh, people live sometimes, um, maybe five, six, seven years, but eventually, this is going. It's going to take you out. So, uh, we're going to try to do the best we can to make your life uh, good while you are living. That's bad news. That's bad news. But. God doesn't want you to get out of peace with that kind of news. Because that's the kind of news he didn't give us. See, he gave us good news. And the good news is that Jesus took our infirmities. He bore our diseases. That's That's the good news. And the enemy wants you to focus on all these little things that are not happening. You know, your son, your daughter, your loved one, they're never going to be saved. They're never going to be saved. You know, you can, you can just quit trying to push it on them because it's not going to work. Give up on them. Don't you ever give up on anybody. Ever. I was talking to a, a young man, uh, uh, you know, been a long time ago. Uh, he he was in our congregation, and another older man was in our congregation. And he said, we'll call his name John. Well, it's not John, but we're just going to call him John. He said, John will never get saved. He's the hardest man I've ever known. You can't tell him nothing. And don't you know that John got saved? He got saved. Yes, he did. And he started loving the Lord. He, he, my goodness gracious. And the, the, the young fellow who said that, he said, man, I was wrong. And I was wrong. Well, you know, peace is a peace that you say, well, you know what? I see this, but I know my God. My God is more than enough. My God died for me. When I was yet a sinner, he died for me. So, therefore, that if he saved me, he can save this person. Yeah. 
And so that's, that's, that's how we have to believe that. We have to stay in peace. God told me the other day, he said, he said, Willie, Willie, you're troubled by many things. I said, that's what you're supposed to say to Martha. I'm not, I'm not a Martha. Yes, Willie, you're troubled by many things. And I said, well, how's that? You're not believing what I say. You're believing what the circumstances say. I said, oh, my goodness. I'm not going to tell this lady who we call Martha, usually on days like today, when she's supposed to be fixing lunch for everybody, is that, well, where's this person? Well, you know where Martha is. She's fixing food for somebody. I'm not going to say that about her anymore because I'm the one that's a Martha. Because I'm the one who is careful about many things. I got to get rid of this thing. We all can be careful about many things if we, if we don't allow God's peace to inflow, you know, just surround us, to be in us. God is a God of peace. Number three, uh, would you believe that God brought up from the dead even Jesus Christ? Oh, he did. He brought up from the dead Jesus Christ. And I said, oh, my goodness gracious. You know, see, some people believe in Buddha. They believe in all these other gods, people who they deem that's worthy of their affection, so their, their religion says. But they serve somebody who's dead. They serve somebody who's dead. And our God is a living God. He's a living God. Let's look in uh, Scripture. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Let's go there. Let's go to verse 20. Now, this is a benediction, and we say a benediction each Sunday usually. Well, we say it every Sunday that we are, we're meeting together. And you have memorized it probably. This is a different benediction. And it's a longer one. But a benediction is something, a short blessing at the end of a worship service. Okay, so this is a benediction. It says, now the God of peace who brought from up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of his eternal covenant, even Jesus Christ. We're going to camp there just a little bit for the rest of the service. Um, And we've talked about the peace. And I want to go to now something a little bit different. He says that He brought up from the dead Jesus Christ. 
Well, we talked about that last week. It's nobody, nobody in here, I hope, that believes that Jesus Christ did not rise. He is risen. He is risen. And so our God is alive. And that's the difference. And if anybody, you know, when, you, when you're talking about somebody who's not yet saved, they don't believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior, uh, then, you see, this message tells them that who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve John Smith? Or are you going to serve uh, Buddha? Are you going to serve who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve yourself? Who are you going to serve? Anybody you try to serve that was created, they're dead. All these religions, they're dead. If they're not dead yet, they're going to die. Jesus Christ is alive and he will never taste death Again, never. And so when you look at, it says a great shepherd of the sheep. Let me ask you a question. Everybody probably memorized the Psalm 23. Who's going to be your shepherd? Who can possibly be your shepherd in a spiritual in a spiritual world? We live in a spiritual world. We're in a natural world, but there's a spiritual world that's right there. There are spiritual beings that are here today. And you say, well, no, 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 no. We're in church. Man, don't you believe that that unclean spirits and and, and people don't come to church. They went to the synagogue because Jesus had to cast out a devil out of later uh, that was in the synagogue. So the, the devils come everywhere. You see, we live in a spiritual world. Who's going to shepherd us? Who's going to, you know, lead us in a spiritual world that we can't see? I cannot see the spiritual world. I don't see the unclean spirits. I don't see them. But they are there. But I have angels here too. They are spiritual. There's a spiritual world. We have guardian angels. We have messenger angels. We have angels, but we don't see them. Who's going to guide us through this if we don't have a, a shepherd of our soul? And Jesus is the shepherd and bishop of our souls. I need somebody to lead and guide me. I really do. Say, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. Why don't we fear evil? Because we have a shepherd that's leading and guiding us through the shadow of death. And so that's another point. And, and let me make sure we got our points numbered right. One is that God loves us. He loves us. 
Two is he's a God of peace. Three is that we serve a living God. He's alive. He's risen. That was weak. He, he's risen. And number four is that Jesus is the, our great shepherd. Great shepherd. Number five. Would you believe it if I told you that God did all this and more through the blood of his eternal covenant? Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. And in where we are, Hebrews chapter 13, that's what I read is that Jesus Christ our great shepherd of the sheep brought the through the blood of the eternal covenant. Eternal covenant. Eternal covenant. You see? It's an eternal covenant. Do you know that God does not break a covenant? Doesn't break it. Never have, never will. Never will. Who's his people? Who were the original people of Jesus Christ, of God, in the Old Testament? Israelites. They sinned. They did all sorts of things. Never could get get their act together. Does he love them? Has he abandoned them? No. He has a covenant. And he's going to keep his covenant. He's going to keep the covenant. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 32. Let's go there. We'll come back to this one. Let's go to verse 40. We're talking about the covenant, the eternal covenant. And this is a good scripture to tell us about the covenant. I will make an everlasting covenant. How long is this covenant going to last? Everlasting. With them that I will, I will not turn away from them. Now, would you believe it if I told you that God will never turn away from you? Never. Never. You say, well, well, if I sin, he'll turn away from me. Well, in that case, he would turn away from Israel. Wouldn't he? In that case, he would have turned away from us a long time ago. Really? He said, I'll never turn away from them. You can't, you can't find no religion that they serve somebody who's living that's never going to turn away from them, regardless of whether they sin or whether they don't. You can't find one. It's the everlasting covenant. 
That's good news for somebody who's not yet saved, who may be sitting here and say, I don't know whether I want to get saved now. I think I'll wait. I'm not ready yet. Well, if you're not ready yet, when do you think you're going to be ready? You think you're going to be ready when you stand before uh, Christ? And you say, well, well I, I'll give my life to Christ before that time. Well, plenty of people who died said that. And they died before they could, they could uh, get reconciled to God. We don't know our time. So while it is today, we want to give our lives to Jesus Christ. And it says here that not only will he not turn away from them, he says that to do them good. I said, oh, my, 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 my. God says that he's going to do me good. I don't care what my neighbor said. I don't care what my doctor said. I don't care what my enemy said. God says he's going to do me good. If God says he's going to do you good, who's going to do you bad? I don't care what your boss tell you. He can tell you, I tell you what, if you don't straighten up, we're going to get rid of you. Well, Jesus like told, you know, man, hey, you can't do nothing unless it's given to you by my Father to do. Nobody can do anything to you unless God allowed them to do it to you. Because God says, I'm going to do them good. That's the covenant. That's the covenant we're in. He says that, and I will put the fear of me in their hearts so that they will not turn away from me. I don't know of any God that's like that other than our God that will do us good, that's never going to turn away from us, that says that I'm going to put my laws in your heart so that you'll You'll never, you'll never turn away from me. So we got, he's not going to turn away from us. He's going to always do us good. And he's going to put his laws in our heart, the fear of us in his heart, the reverence of him in our heart, so that we'll never turn away from him. He got us covered. That's he got us. He got us. And what kind of God do you serve if if it's not Jesus Christ? I said, oh, my, 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 my. That's number five, the everlasting covenant. Number six. We got nine. I'm going to ask you for them now. <laughs> number six. Would you believe if I told you that our God you're not going to believe this, that he will equip you in every good thing to do his will, to do his will. I said, what? He's going to equip me with every good thing to do his will. It's like, Putting on the whole arm of God. 
it's a, it was out, it's our thing. But he gives us armor. He gives us equipment so that we can do his will. Every good thing. Every good thing, he says. I said, my goodness, that's, that's good. If that's number six, what's number seven? <laughs> number seven is even better. Number seven, if you believe it now, number seven says that God, see, he not, he only, not only equipped us, God is working. Now, now is working is in the, is a present participle that means that it's a continuous action. It, it, he, he is working. He is working. It's like pray without ceasing. It's like, you know, it's a continuous thing. So that word working is the same word that we said in number six when we said that he's going to equip us with every good thing to do his will. That to do is like to work his good will. That work in, in seven and that to do in six is the same Greek word. And so he's equipping us to do by number seven working in us. So the outside is the equipment. Now we need the inside. The inside is that I'm going to work in you. You see, that's what he's saying. I'm going to work in you. I'm going to keep working in you. Oh, my goodness. This is so good. He's working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. I said, what? Not only is he going to equip us with every good thing to do his will, but then he's going to work in us so that we will do his will. He's equipping us so we'll do on our side. Then he's going to work in us so that we'll do his will. He got us covered inside and out. Inside and out. How are we going to get a loose? We can't get a loose. Can't get a loose. I said, my goodness, that's good. This is good. You know? Now, let's, let's, let's look at number eight. We have nine. Let's look at the name. He's doing all that. He's working in us all that all he's doing through Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, if Jesus Christ is not your Lord, if he's not your Savior, you're not going to have any equipment on, and he's not going to be working in you, that means you're on your own. In a spiritual realm, a spiritual world, that we got demons, we got the enemy, Satan, the God of this world, trying to take us out, and we don't have anybody that's protecting us because we won't trust in Jesus Christ. If there's anybody here today that doesn't trust in Jesus Christ, if you leave here and, and don't give your life to Jesus Christ, that, that to me is like, really? I wish somebody would have told me this stuff when I was young. I wanted to be equipped with football equipment on and all this crazy stuff, you know. 
I didn't know nothing about all this spiritual stuff. I didn't know I was in a spiritual war. But once I found out, I said, oh, my goodness gracious. Lord, help me. Help me because things are going on that I don't see, and I need you. I need you. So he's working in us through Jesus Christ. And number number nine is God gives Jesus the glory forever and ever. That's the doxology. That's the doxology. You, 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 you remember when we were in our doxology back in Hebrews chapter 13? Y'all remember that? And I think it was in verse 20. And we said, we'll come back to it. You thought I forgot. I didn't. Okay. Listen to it. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus Christ our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And everybody say, Amen. That's the doxology. And I said, oh, my goodness. We said, we said another one. The Lord bless and keep you. We said that one. Uh, but this is a good one here. This is a good one. I want you to think about your response to this message because God said do an altar call. And, you know, I don't usually do altar calls. Uh, I should. But I don't normally. He used to do an altar call. And I want you to be thinking about it while Liz is coming up. Liz is going to do a special song. And while she's singing and playing, think about your response. We have three ways we can respond to this. We can respond by, of course, giving our lives to Jesus Christ. We can respond by Rededicating our life to Jesus Christ. And we respond by saying, you know, God, I see you working. I know you want to work in me. I know I need to yield more. Those are the three things God wanted me to do. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.